0: The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of The Disciplined Investor Podcast.
1: This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by
0: Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success.
2: Ignoring the Fed's message, focusing on only what we want to hear. Tech making a run from oversold now to overbought. Big moves, little stocks, stonks are added again. And our guest today, the ever popular Frank Curzio from Curzio Research. All this and much more on episode number 776 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Hey there, it's Andrew Horowitz and welcome to the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Here we are in August 2022 and already we're seeing follow through from July. What we saw was a great month on the heels of what was an awful month. So this reflex trade, the revision and 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 working towards getting rid of some of that oversold is following through. And one of the things that we're seeing that's really fascinating has been the incredible move of some of the smaller Stunks, as we call them. You know, the meme stocks. At it again. A couple of names like AMDT. Uh, we've seen um, AMTD, and we've seen HKD and a few other ones. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that. I want to just take a moment and discuss some of the things that we're seeing here in terms of uh, today's big news. When I say today's, uh, the last week or so, we saw that uh, the economy is starting to roll over a little bit. We're seeing that there has been some... Uh, Uh, slowing down in some areas. But on the other hand, we're seeing some incredible moves when it comes to the employment situation. So right now we have a Fed that is stuck because we see them as a car that is barreling down the road that is just picking up speed uncontrollably with the fact that the driver has their foot on the brake and they're pressing down and they're pressing down. What is going to happen now? Because already the Fed speakers, Kashgari, Meister uh, or Mester, uh, and uh, Bullard and a variety of the other names out there have been walking back the commentary that Fed Powell made last week. we're going to talk a lot about that I want to get right to our discussion because I'm sure it's going to be pretty in-depth on areas that will focus on I don't know tech to metaverse to I don't know who knows we'll probably get into some biotech and rate issues as well with uh, with our guest today so let's start that up get into that. One thing I want to mention, of course, go over to thedisciplinedinvestor.com. You can check out everything that's there for you on how to work with us. If you want us to help you invest your money, manage your money, we are investment advisory. That's what that's that's what happens here, right? Uh, and I am uh, very closely aligned with your portfolio. So if you want me to take a look at what's going on, go over there, contact me, say, hey, Andrew, I want some help. Right now, a lot of you and and many people, it's not just you. Very confusing environment right now. So if you want to do something to pick it up and to take a look at, make sure to go over to thedisciplineinvestor.com. Also, a lot of you have asked for it again because I mentioned it on DH Unplugged, which is every Tuesday that we put that out, myself and John C. Dvorak. You asked me for something. Do you remember? <laughs> I was talking about my foodie Insta account. It's dadbodfoodblog. That's my Instagram foodie account. My food adventures and cooking and eating and drinking is not everything, but a lot of it's on there. So check out my Instagram feed Dad Bod food, food blog, Dad Bod, which I have. and it's a food blog. So there you are. And let's bring on our guest Frank Curzio and uh, talk with him because I think that uh, he's gonna have a lot to share and talk about an old friend of mine been on the show with me for years and years and years, and he has a show that's dated back to 2008. Frank Curzio, Curzio Research. How are you, buddy? Good. How's it going, man? It's going great. You know, Frank, I just want to, for those people that maybe listen to the show, your show, uh, great show, it's, um, you know, uh, you, you have, you've had several different, po- you do several different things a week, but one of the things you have on your um, unplugged show, right? Tell, tell, mm-hmm. tell people how to get it first, and then, because I want to bring this in.
1: Yeah. I mean, Wall Street Unplugged, you get know, on iTunes. Also, you can see us that uh, we do video versions of it. So it's uh, we have a YouTube channel as well where we share charts and figures. And, and a lot of those charts and things we have access to, but a lot of people don't have access to. So you know, we encourage you. Everything's for free. So we encourage you to, to really look at that. We can educate you and show you exactly what we're looking at and what some of these uh, big funds are saying because we have access to a lot of this research. But you can find everything on Wall Street Unplugged. And yes, we tape uh, – Three times a week, and also another podcast. Frankly speaking, that only goes to subscribers and a paid subscribers, which is a Q and A that we do every single Friday, which uh, yeah, our subscribers really love. So. Mm.
2: So I want to warm us up. You know, sometimes uh, you got a warm-up in a show, right? You know, you got the audience warm-up. You know what I'm talking about? Kelly, you know what I'm talking about? You got to get it going. And one of the things you do in your show <laughs> that you've been doing for years, you have this kind of interesting, unique way of introducing your show, right? You have this mm-hmm. this delayed thing you do. You, you know what I'm talking about?
1: <laughs> can, you, can you- Yes, give, I know exactly what you're talking about. You do?
2: About. Do you really? Because yes. I want you- Just, could you bear with me for 30 seconds or so? I want our audience to hear that. Can we do that?
1: Yes, please.
2: Okay, are you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: Okay, here we go. It's August 3rd. And I'm Frank Garugius, the Wall Street and Pub Podcast, where I break down the headlines and... Here we go, Frank. <laughs>
2: I love it. it. Gets better, Frank. I thank Chris Wilson for uh, this overdub.
0: Uh, Ten more seconds. And- tell you what's really moving these markets.
1: There <laughs> <laughs> you da, go, Frank. You, da, how do oh
0: you man. like that? Da, da,
1: <laughs> I tell you, I love it, but I wish I had as much time as you have to do that, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's our good friend Chris Wilson from Down Under, who uh, put that together. We saw, we were listening to that you know, I was thinking, that New Order song is a perfect fit for that Frank delayed and what's really moving the markets sting and There you go, Frank.
1: You know what's fun? Let me tell you a quick story about it. So when I did it, it was kind of like, ah, it's a little – I've been doing this just almost as long as you, probably six months, right? The difference where you have the oldest podcast in in business finance but uh, for 15 years, but – yeah, and I did it and it was like, you know, people were making fun of it. And when people make fun of it from New York, you want to do it even more, right? Because oh, yeah. it's almost like you're pissing off people. And then <laughs> one time at a conference uh, when I was working for Stansberry at the time, they had three, 400 people in the audience. And I got up there and they said, you know, see if you can do a live podcast. I had a guest and I just went up there and I said, yeah, I started it out. And as I said, what's and everybody like finished the whole entire thing. And I was like, wow, I was like, I was just blown away. I was like, maybe some people do like it. But yeah, you make fun of it. Or you like it. Or whatever. It's pretty cool. I, said, I like I the
2: version we put together the best so far.
1: By far. <laughs> that
2: was great, man. I love it. So listen, we did a show last seven nineteen. You were on before that, and I gave a few names to look at. We talked about gene editing companies. You know, and it was in one name. is up 12% since. And I'm not doing this to toot my horn. I want to kind of bring this out in a different way. We talked about oil services, and there's a couple of points uh, up on that, on uh, some of the oil-related stocks, on SLE. Ford was one of the ones I was saying, hey, you know what? Oh, I think all the bad news is priced in. Up 25%. SIGA, S-I-G-A I said long shot monkey pox up 42%, on and on. Point is, everything has done really well since, let's call it, the end of June, uh, approximately, right? Yes. So we talked about the USD was, you know, the dollar was nearing its high. So the last few months have been, as some people would describe it, easy market, right? <laughs> on top of all hell broke loose,
1: it's really like the last month, right? It's really like the last four four weeks, five weeks maybe. But yeah. if you look at the markets, you might say it's easy. It, it went down 11 out of 12 weeks before that. <laughs> so, you know, we saw a massive crash that really oversold where we saw levels, sentiment indicators that people keep track of, guys like you keep track of. I, I, they were at levels at all time, lows. Like not, like no one's ever seen that. Think about that, all time. When you say all time in the market, we're not just talking about COVID. We're not talking about credit crisis 1987. We're talking about World War II. I mean, we're going back. It, it, Great Depression, these figures were the worst that they've seen in history. That's how much negativity was in the market where we've seen great companies, even in biotech, some of the ones that you mentioned, down eighty percent, eighty five percent from their highs, trading below cash on their balance sheet, their net cash. You know, we needed to come back a little bit and we have the NASDAQ's risen twenty percent off its lows, which is seems like a lot, but it was still the NASDAQ's still twenty percent, nineteen percent off its highs. That's how far we've come down. So now, right now, we're at a different marketplace where you just can't go in and buy everything. It was you know, a month ago, and again, we were aggressive probably a week, week and a half early, but just seeing these sentiment indicators, you knew that there's going to be a lot of short covering, a lot of rallies here. And, and we're going to see how this plays out because now we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves because, as, you know, again, we are in a recession here. The definition of recession we use for, you know, 150 years. Now we don't want that, <laughs> that no, to use that definition. No, why should you use it? No, you don't want to use that. That's not it's just like – what was it? The Fed used to say, "Well, unemployment rate needs to go below four percent. As soon as it goes above four percent or below four percent, and this is what, like, like seven, eight years ago, then we'll start raising rates." Oh yeah, below 4%. <laughs> the movie, like, no, no, no look they look at started
2: you, at five point five, Frank.
1: Look at the CPI yeah, now. The right. CPI has got to go above two. The CPI went above two percent. They're like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> just, so ridiculous. Yeah, you just keep changing. they moving as you targets,
2: but. The thing that I'm wondering about right now is when we saw that uh, on Friday, a um, couple of days ago, we saw that the unemployment rate now moved down to 3.5, a lot of fives here. We saw an increase of jobs that were put on on the, on the non-farm payrolls on the 500,000 range, and more importantly, a revision to last month's wages, the wage growth from 0.3 to 0.4, and this month at 0.5, above the point four, So that's even more, right? Because the revision was higher? Yep. That's sticky. That's a problem. But yet markets refused, it seems to me, investors are refusing to really look at this and believe all the things that the Fed is saying about them being absolute. Now, I talked about this in a second ago. I want to ask your opinion on this analogy. I, at the top... Uh, before you came on, I talked about this, this car that was speeding out of control down the road and the Fed is at the the steering wheel applying the brakes, trying to slow it down and it did slow down ever so gently. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the car is once again accelerating and the Fed is like, dude, what are we going to do here, right? So now they got to start pressing that brake, clamping down and even looking at the emergency brake to start thinking about pulling up on that because they can't stop it. It looks like an economy that is so strong that it's gonna take a lot more. And that's what the Fed's message has been. What does that do to fundamentals and what does that do to the
1: economy? Here's my thoughts on it. It might be different from yours, it might be different from other people out there. Other people out there. The Fed, based on the data right now, today, right, based on what we're seeing today, I mean, if you're looking past it, the unemployment number and everything, right, which was which was just strong. The Fed needs to raise by 50 basis points in September and then hold, we need to hold. Because we're looking at Richmond Fed president, right? And I don't know why. It, I was always, listen, I had a rant on this on my podcast. I don't like pouring on. We know what the Fed did. We know that they're the only people out of everyone that didn't understand when inflation was coming. Anyone that pays their bill. The only 25 understood. people in the world that didn't know, right? Right. It's Just these guys, right? So now you have, think about a board of directors. When you have a board of directors, if you have conference calls, you have a CFO on there, you might have. Uh, You know, one other person on there other than the CEO, maybe three people, right, in total. You don't have all the board of directors going out to the public talking about conflicting advice from the CEO. That's what we have when you have all these Fed presidents coming out. Tom Barkin is not a voting member, says we're committed to return inflation to our 2% target. We made it clear we'll do whatever it takes. Cleveland Fed president, uh, this is Loretta Mester, right? She says inflation is not going to come down quickly, sees little signs of of progress on inflation, says we must see convincing evidence that inflation is coming down before stopping rate hikes. San Francisco President uh, Mary Daly said, "Nowhere near done. Inflation way too high." And then we had James Bullard. This guy is is, is amazing. This guy amazes me. So he said, the "Fed still has some ways to go. The Fed should get rates at three point seven five to four percent by the end of this year." Right. And he also said the Fed needs to but he's always him. been
2: he's always been a bit of a hawk. The other side of the equation is Cash Carry. Cash Carry comes out right, uh, I think, la- a week ago, Friday, and mm-hmm. this is on the heels of Powell, which was supposedly not taken right. He's an uber dove, Cash Carry. Right? Mm-hmm. He was the uh, assistant to Treasury Secretary Paulson back in the day of the. Uh, I think he was assistant treasury. Wasn't he assistant? Anyway, he was involved in that whole thing back in the day of of the financial crisis, and he's been an absolute dove. Like, just keep on pouring on the low rates. And he even came out and said, no, 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 no. We're going to keep rates uh, moving higher because we need to slow this all down. So, but what are you saying? So all these people are saying that while you're saying, no, they're not going to do anything but a quick 50 base points, which uh, 75 basis points is now the majority opinion after last Friday's uh, unemployment number.
1: Yeah. So all the, if we go to 4%, we have at least 25% downside in stocks if we go to 4%. The market would get destroyed. We're going to see bankruptcies. We're going to see hell if we see 4%. And, and all of these people are saying we need to see convincing evidence. Well, here it is. And I know you, bring, you can bring up the unemployment rate. You can bring up the CPI was high last time and rent count for 30%. So it'll probably stay a little yep. bit higher longer than expected. Mm-hmm. But these are lagging indicators. Right. Okay, here's a little bit of evidence. Oil is down 30%. Gasoline mm-hmm. prices are down 25%. Copper prices down 40% from their highs. Lumber is down 50% in three months. Huge declines of wheat, fertilizer, corn. Retail numbers at a Target, Walmart, Coles, Macy's, Bed Bath, Beyond. Inventory levels are massive. They said it's gonna take months to work this inventory off which means they're gonna have to do it at lower prices. That's inflationary. Supply chains are easing. I follow this research for the last three years. I've accessed to I have to do this for 25 years. Even Murse said, that's why I knew Ford and GM were full of crap. They were lying out their teeth saying 24 months, 18 months, even even six months ago that the supply chains were easing. They weren't easing based on the data. It wasn't even close. Mersk is one of the leading shippers. They just reported that the containers to started to sitting in their lots for over a week now because demand is cooling. Vehicle, uh, used vehicle prices ha- have declined. Mortgage demand falling to its lowest level. Yeah, mortgage demand. Yeah, yeah Right. Yeah. So what does that mean, though? What does that mean when that happens? It means less appliances, paint, lumber, sheetrock, materials, everything that goes into a new house, everything consumers purchase. Right when they get the head, But mm-hmm. it's furniture, carpets, painting, lawnmowers. You know. All of this stuff right now, you're seeing what the Fed is doing is working. I'm not saying that we're done. I mean, gasoline prices were $5. Now they're around $4, a little bit lower than that in Florida, right? So we've seen a nice decline. They were $3 a year ago. But for the Fed's point of view, we need to see inflation moderating, and we're seeing it in many, many areas. Well, two months ago, we weren't seeing it two and a half months ago. I'll give you you high that. High. I'm giving you
2: that. I'm giving you that entirely. Mm. However, so, is the Fed blinded by some of this and are only looking at certain indicators because honestly, they've been terrible and I've been railing against them. I don't feel like doing, I'm tired of them. I'm really tired of them because the the, the economic indicators that we usually utilize to try to understand the long-term nature of what is happening with fundamentals, underpinning the economy and individual equities is really
1: broken. Would you agree with that? absolutely it's well if you look at the cpi reading so and i went back and looked at this if you look at the 80s and you compare cpi today cpi would be would be much, much, much higher. Go to, to shadow stats. I'm
2: going to pull shadow stats
1: up as you talk in the they background. They revised this. They revised this. I think it was like 16, 17 yeah. times they revised this, almost to make it so it never shows inflation. That's why we have rental incomes as such a large part of this. And rental income is that one component that's still going up a little bit. So the CPI is going to be a little bit high. You're going to see a lot of components in there come down. Obviously, well, we have energy come down, food is just starting to come down. That's so here's the last. consumer inflation. If you look at the
2: 1980-based uh, versus the current, okay, current is about uh, 8%, we said, right, about that, somewhere in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1980 base is about 16%. Um, there's a few of these you can look at here and, and look at the consumer inflation, the, uh, the official, uh, again, uh, 8.5%. Yeah, so uh, there's some alts you can look at, too. But if you just stuck to the 80s-based inflation, now you say, well, well. We're a different country than we were back then. Okay, but things cost what they cost is the point, right? I mean, you I, can, look I went at to get a Google. haircut. It was $20 a year and a half ago. During COVID They or after COVID, they pop, popped it to like $28. Then it was $30. Now it's 35 bucks. Now you may say, yeah. don't be so cheap. Okay, yeah. but come on. Isn't there a point
1: that people have to say, hey, I, I'm not paying this price anymore? Yes, there is a point, and, and I, I I think we're getting close to that, where you're seeing a shift of where people are spending money, and maybe not on, on discretionary items that, that they're selling in Walmart to Five Below and things like that, but more of services, more on vacations, more of experiences. I mean, that's why you're seeing airlines, and those numbers, they're hitting record revenue, they're having trouble with pilots, and I get it. That's why you know you, so they got to pay their pilots a little bit more, so earnings aren't as good. Uh, you're looking at, at hotels. Hotels are basically robbing you. They're betting you over and robbing you. Oh, sorry to put it like that. Oh, was terrible. Insane. So are the it's airlines, insane, by the way. It's insane. Yeah. You, you used to go on Expedia, and that was the price. If you went on Expedia, Priceline, that was the price. Now you go to hotels, and they charge you extra on top of that. Again, I travel all the time for the last 20, 30 years. They never did that before. So now when you get to the hotel, I went to Vegas. They charged me. I got there an hour early. They charged me $30 for for being, for, for just in early, just getting there an hour early. Yeah, but they're late on – Getting your room to you, they don't give you a refund, do they? No, but the best uh, is when you get to the room, they don't even clean your room anymore. Right, oh, you have to COVID. ask. COVID's gone. COVID's How about gone. some of these no. other
2: crap hotels that you go to, kind of roadside hotels that have a podunk pool in the back and they're charging you a, what do they call it? A um, resort fee? Yeah, th- whatever the resort <laughs> fee
1: is. And question it, what's the resort fee? Well, it's a refrigerator. I don't have a refrigerator. Well, it's parking fee. I didn't drive. Right. Uh, I took an Uber. Well, I-, I said, just tell me it's the FU fee. Just be honest with right. me, you know, just whatever, but right. put in a price. Yeah. But hotels, I mean, you're looking at investment-wise, they just just- Well, restaurants, doing too. And, and restaurants and, and restaurants
2: are doing this, too. Let me tell you what happened, Frank, and what really annoys me. I got to tell you, so this is, a, this is an issue with me. Back in the height of COVID, the hotels, the airlines, the restaurants were doing very poorly. There's no question about this, right? And what did we do? You know, we're like, hey, you know what? Let's dig deep. Let's figure a way that we can order more from the restaurant and tip more to the servers or to the people. Let's find yeah. ways to- Fund all this. Government says, you know what? Airlines, you know what? We'll bail you out. There's all sorts of money to all these places. And on the back end of this, the restaurants have the audacity to shove it right up our asses with all the excess. Well, because you know what? You know, it costs a lot more. You know what? Wait, 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 wait. I know it costs a lot more. But what about all that money we front-ended you in all this? Can't you try to be a little... You know, but but they see it's, it's all about greed. You know, it's all you know. You do know what I'm talking about. It's it's terrible. It's a lot of
1: greed because look, costs go up. I understand it, and you have to raise prices. But when you see margins going up year over year, that means not only they're raising prices that they're, they're making yeah. a lot of money off of right. you, right? And you're seeing margins much much higher than your record highs for a lot of these companies. So it's not just that they're raising prices because their their costs are going higher. They're raising prices and really, you know, and look, people are paying them for now. But how the, the point of this, right? When you ask a question about what the Fed's doing. We're seeing, what we wanted to see is moderation. We're seeing it. And we didn't see this two months ago, two and a half months ago. We're seeing moderation, not everything, right? The job report was strong, I get it. Uh, And it makes sense because you go into your restaurant and you can't even get served there, right? It's It's a joke. They give you worse service and charge you twice the price right now. So, because there's not enough workers. Now you see more and more workers hit the labor market and you're also gonna see your CPI rating be a little bit higher. But you're seeing underneath the hood, a lot of this is working. And you're seeing a lot of layoffs come out throughout many companies which are going to be filtered, but where we are right now, this takes a while. It doesn't happen right away, but it's happening already with the rate hikes. And just to put in perspective, what is it? 40 years ago, it's been 40 years since we've raised uh, interest rates, the Fed funds raised by by this amount, Mm -hmm. one time, 75 basis points. We've done it twice, and now we're thinking about doing it a third time. You have to be very, very careful here not to overshoot and not to crush the economy, because there's a lot of people out there that are struggling tremendously. Yeah. And some businesses are able to keep their pricing power, and that's fine. But little by little, it's going to get harder and harder and harder because there's less money in the system. You're seeing the Fed take money out of the system. No, They're longer buying bonds anymore, which, again, it was always buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. You don't have the Fed there anymore. You have to be careful. So that's so my point. Let me stop you. Let I me interrupt.
2: Let me, let me kind of throw you right there. Hold on. That's exactly the point. The the buy-the-dip mentality and the opportunity was based on the excess liquidity that was involved in the markets due to a variety of factors, right? We had monetary policy and we had fiscal policy that were both pretty much an open fire hydrant of money coming in at every street corner,
1: and it promotes leverage. You're borrowing for nothing, so it promotes leverage, right? That's and why you, you see have an Bitcoin absolute go to sixty thousand, and the markets go crazy. Now you've seen that, and spacs go nuts, right? Right, you but see- you have the reverse of that now. Exactly. You
2: Not only do you not uh, encourage leverage, you're encouraging deleveraging. That's the point, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. it costs you a lot more if you're carrying costs with two percent, and now they're eight percent. That's a whole different animal. So now, all of a sudden, companies are possibly not going to issue bonds, although we saw that Apple is going to issue a significant amount of, of, of bonds to continue to fund their uh, buybacks, right? We, uh, we saw that last week. So they're try- trying as rates came down from, what, 3.5 on the 10-year down to 2.6, 2.7 uh, that we saw that low they probably shoved it right out there and said hey let's get this rate how great is this mortgage rates came down below five percent
1: they went down five percent which yeah.
2: is pretty amazing but up from three percent they were six months ago of course yeah. um so how do we quantify with a vix that is you know not showing any kind of real stress for the markets it's still 22 23 um all the talking heads in finance were all singing the same song for a while remember the whole thing that they were talking about I, I use my uh I use my Italian New York, uh, Long Island boy uh, discussion talking about capitulation. Remember I talked about the capitulation that was talking about? You have to have this thing. I don't know. Did you ever hear about this like years ago? This requirement to have capitulation in the market in order for the entire market to base out? What was that all about?
1: Well, it, it was nice to see, but even seeing how bearish. But everybody- did you see capitulation? They're saying that we didn't even see it. Oh, we saw capitulation. 11 out of 12 weeks. is not capitulation. We've never I'm, seen it. I'm that in just the telling you, they
2: said we didn't see a, a, a high volume flush
1: out. No, we, that, the high volume flush out is what we're used to seeing. And then usually the market, it, it creates a buying opportunity, right? At least over right. the last 10, 11 years, 12 years. We interest rates straight zero almost the whole entire time. But the flush out, it was slow and painful. That's correct. And that's what's, like, people forget, like, it, every pullback in the market over the past yeah, it's a credit crisis before COVID was just brief. It was like a month, month and a half. Even COVID, COVID fell. We we had a a, a terrible month of thirty three percent, thirty five percent pullback, and then it, it we started rebounding pretty sharply, right? Because the Fed said, okay, let's just throw trillions and trillions and trillions at the market, which is fine. But two thousand, remember when the Nasdaq crashed in two thousand, right? It, it, it was just, two and a half it years. It was like
0: three, years yeah, two and a half three years of just it? Mm-hmm.
1: being disgusting. Where, where you know we went down tremendously, eighty percent, I think, for, from that index over a three year period. 11 to 12 weeks, I mean, we're used to this total capitulation, everybody's selling at the same time. This was drastic. I mean, we've seen it with all risk assets, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's uh, biotechs, whether it's small caps, whether it's, uh, you know, SPACs. I mean, these things are down 70, 80% from their highs across the board. So, you know, that, if that's not capitulation, I don't know what is. It so just, here's my point, though, Frank. The point about listening to the talking heads on TV talking
2: all at the same time about the same thing is is unworthwhile for your portfolio. Would you agree
1: with that? I'm gonna give you a little insight, and I probably shouldn't say this. Uh oh, hold it! News okay. coming from Frank. Go. Right. So For someone, I used to be uh, on these TV programs, and especially when I worked down on Wall Street. And you know, I was I was like a regular on every morning and stuff like that. These guys all have jobs. I have a job, right? They have their job. They're fund managers. Or they're not. You know, there's a couple of them. If you notice, the ones that are just you know, if CNBC or Fox reporters are great. But the other ones that are money manage- – they, they're managing, right? They Think about your job, full-time job. Now you're going on TV. And when you go on TV, they expect you to talk about every single thing. And everyone has their specialties, but not everybody knows every single thing about the market. I mean you and I talk about so many different things. You know, th- That's different. Most people, even that we interview, are usually specific within right. specific markets, yeah, right? Gold or, or
2: bring- maybe Bitcoin or maybe – But uh, when tech you get on TV,
1: a, yeah. a lot of stuff happens overseas. A lot of stuff happens online, and they, they'll tell you – and I used to wake up at, at 5 in the morning and go there and be there at 6.15. And at 10 o'clock at night, they'd give me a whole, this is what I wanna talk about, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, okay, have it all down, this is what I'm gonna talk about. By the time I got in the morning, it was totally different because Mm. different things happen. And then you have people on TV, they'll talk about things that they're not experts in. And that's what you have to really be careful because when you have a daily program, you're forced to talk about everything, right? You're forced to talk about things even that are meaningless and and because it's, it's a daily program, you need viewers. When reality is you're probably going to have something very important to say maybe once a week, twice a week, whatever it is, if different allocations. <laughs> That's where these guys run into trouble where you listen to them I'm like, man, it, it's, it's so painful. I can't tell you how many people told me to buy oil over the past month and a half while this thing went from 130 – stocks are down 25 30% from the highs and just t- buy, buy, buy. But th- the amazing thing is these people were right, and I was actually wrong on oil a, a year ago because they were like – Well, know, you can't change up. You know, the no, bears, but, but listen, bears, bears the the bull stay bearish, the bulls stay bullish. They're right on their thesis – oil stocks go up tremendously, oil surges to 130, and then they become more bullish at 130 and telling you where where your thesis already played out. And you have to be careful as an investor because once your thesis plays out, you have to be able to step back or at least sell some of your position. And for them to be going more bullish at 130 than they were when oil was at 40, 50, 60, to me, that was a sign where, okay, I I think, you know, you got to get to oil stocks and and you got to be careful here. When, When you see the bulls ultra, even more bullish than they were when they're writing their calls, and same with, with vice versa, right? When you see the bears, right? Yeah, you see all the bears like, you know, again, it took them 11 years. Now they got something to talk about. Right. So, you know, it's COVID. We so knew it. The we knew it. They- it goes down 20%, 30%, and they're like, it's going down another 30%. You have to be very careful. It's but just that is what we it. saw.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Everybody was talking about somehow this magical number of 3,200 on the S&P 500. Wow. Everybody that was coming on, on CNBC, the, or, or, in Bloomberg, they asked the same question to over and over and over again. Is it over? And everybody said, no, it's not over. We're going down further. That's number one. Number two, are we in a recession? Are we in a recession? Are, like, who gives a crap what you call it? Yeah. But that's that, what they ask
1: it, over it, and over. Thing- and
2: is the Fed done, or are they gonna? That's the three things that the only, the only thing they want, they care about, and Tesla. That's it. Elon Musk <laughs> and Twitter. That's it. Th- that's all they talk about all day, every single one. They ask questions like, "What's your year-end target?" Somebody asked me on a show I was on recently, Frank. "What's your year-end target on the S and P?" You know, what I told him,
1: "I'm not talking about it. I don't have one because whatever it is is wrong." Yeah, and for me, when I say, the, I'm saying based on the data today, the Fed needs to stop after the next rate hike because you're seeing what they're doing working. It's going to continue to work. you take taking money out of the system. It's working. However, if we see two more unemployment rates or, or next month's unemployment surge, if we see CPI really surging, if we're seeing gasoline prices go to 120, you're going to have to raise further. But at, right now, to, and that's based on the data. So for you to come out with a target and say, what do you think it's going to be a year from now? For me, the only thing I was saying a month ago, a month and a half ago is, you can almost buy any stock right now. It's going to be painful. Hold your nose. Again, we're saying this on the podcast, saying all of our newsletters and, and being aggressive buyers in our right. newsletters and stocks. Because I know in 18 months, two years, almost any stock you're going to buy is going to be higher. I didn't know it was going to happen this quickly, but now you have to be a little careful. If and now that it happened this
2: years. quickly. Good point. Yes. Now that it happened this quickly, because of course we enter in into, don't forget, um, uh, that we had we had FOMO for however long, right? Mm-hmm. New phrase New phrase I created last week, phobie. F O B I, mm-hmm. fear of being in, right? That's what everybody had. Mm-hmm. Phobie. And now we're back to FOMO again. I mean, people are going crazy with, with with names that are that were taken down pretty hard, saying maybe it's not as bad um, as as we think it's going to be, and going pretty hardcore with it, even in the face of a market that is questionable. Question is though. Are market's going to behave semi-rationally from here, or are they going to continue going up? Because you and I talked about what's the target for S and P earnings moving forward, right? Do we say it's I don't know two twenty uh, for twenty twenty three? Is it two forty? Is it two hundred? Right? Some people are saying it's going to be one eighty. Remember that? Um, but let's call it. Uh, let's call it for a second. Let's call it uh, two hundred. Well, if you have a uh, a 20 multiple, it gets you up to 4,000 on the S&P 500, which is where we are right now, or it's a little bit above that. But point is, that's a little aggressive in a time that we have maybe recessionary tendencies, right? 20 PE is pretty hot.
1: It's a 20 PE. I mean, if you look at a forward PE, it's, it's more like you know, 15, 16 times on the S&P 500. So it has come down. Uh, but I will say this. The biggest change in the market, right, because the markets hate uncertainty, one of the biggest about-faces I've ever seen in my 30-year career was what the Fed did, right? They were telling us for, for two years inflation is transitory. It's yep. transitory. It's yep. transitory. It's transitory. You're going to be fine. It's going to be below 2%. It always happens like this, and then it comes back then, right? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're like, holy cow, we got this 100% wrong, and we have to aggressively raise rates. That is a major, major That – you're not going to see a bigger shift from the Fed almost in history, Going even going back to the 80s. Yeah, Volcker. Right? So, so – Now, what do we see? Now, what the Fed is doing is working. I'll give them a tiny bit of credit there. Uh, I I hope that they don't overshoot. Okay, based on the data, if we do get hot again, they got to continue. But as of right now, like I said, they don't have to after one more rate hike after this is September. But there's a big difference where now there's more predict, well, predictability, right? So now you're seeing the Fed where, okay, if we're looking at the data, we know that the Fed is not so far behind the curve. We went zero, we went zero, right? We're going to be yeah, we're, we're going go to right, right. be at 3%, right? In a month from now, right? So we went zero to 3%. That's massive, a massive move, guys. I can't explain to you. That's like, you know, playing baseball and you lose like 75 to nothing. That's how big that move is. That's unprecedented. You never, see, you don't see that. That's how wrong they were. Now it's like, are we going to go to 3.25, three and a half percent, Yeah, it's not as drastic, and and the markets are anticipating that where they weren't anticipating at all back in November when they finally made that shift. So are we going to see the markets irrational? Yes, but what I do know about the markets, I don't know where the S&P and the Nasdaq are going to finish. What I do know is that finally we're in a market where you're going to see the cream rise to the top. There's companies that are going to get it done, that have pricing power that are amazing, that have amazing business models, have good management teams that are buying back stock that are still cheap here after going up 15, 20 percent from their highs because it's still down 20 percent from their highs. Well, if you see the cream, names- if you, hey,
2: let, Let's continue with your analogy. The cream is going to rise to the, the top, but there's going to be still evaporation and there'll be uh, watering down, if you will, of some other names. Right.
1: Yes. I mean, t- take an example. Like I'm telling people right now to look at the IPOs, IPOs that, the, through uh, 2021. Right. They came out at stupid valuations. I had a retail yep. investor that was going to buy anything. You had you know, virgin galactic where we're all going is everyone's going to space everybody how i'm going to build these things we're all going to space everyone's going, right they light out their teeth right and these guys cashed out uh, that and, and branson cashed out for hundreds of millions of dollars right and wrecked everybody uh but a lot of these companies raised a ton of cash they have good balance sheets however they were coming out at 30 40 50 times sales whatever which, which is a joke these things are down 85 percent from their highs they're still growing they're growing a lot you know not as fast as that but maybe they're, they're growing twice the s p 500 they have strong balance sheets now it's worth looking at, where a company like SoFi just reported, and that's, again, a little bit of short covering there. But SoFi was a name that, hey, you know what, you could look at. But when you look at Richard Branson, they just warned, oh, we're going to push this out even further. It's down, whatever, 14%, 15% last week. You know, terrible company, no revenue. Again, I don't know how many people, like 12 people they could send the space if they want, but which is a joke. But whatever, <laughs> I think it's hilarious just to see that whole entire thing and how they rob people. I had some, some fun with that during the day. I had companies. some fun with that stock during the day, by the way it's a major difference between those two companies, right? So that's what you're going to see. Where even in biotech, even in, in, in retail, there's, there's names that are going to get it done where I feel like the past 10 years you could have bought anything. And yes, the better names went up a little bit higher than, than the names that didn't do, do so good, but they all went up. Now you're going to see a big separation. And you're seeing that within the markets, within semiconductors, right? Some of it getting done, some of them are not. So – you're going to see that going forward and that's going to be a big theme where it's going to be up to management teams it's going to be up to, to management to cut costs while also increasing revenue and, and doing what they're doing and, and you're going to see those earnings go a lot higher and that's the one thing that you and I I feel like always oh, seem to get wrong where these earnings go higher and higher remember it's not that difficult for these earnings to go higher when these guys dramatically cut costs and they so can wait cut a costs let by me get long something towards. straight
2: hold the phone big announcement clarification needed are you telling me that fundamentals are going to matter? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, how always, dare we've, you?
1: We've always had these conversations for 10 years <laughs> saying, how can earnings get that high? Listen, companies can manipulate their earnings right, however they want to. Right. right, They can manipulate them and legally manipulate them. It's not that hard. You're reporting quarterly earnings. Whatever the contract comes in, you, you can advertise over a certain period, whatever you want. But uh, when you're cutting costs, it's the easiest way to get your earnings up. So and that usually at- happens. The biggest cut is what? Employment. Employment, And that's what you've seen a lot of the tech companies doing right now. So their earnings are probably going to be pretty decent, not as bad as you expect. Uh, You know, so I don't know if you want to look at earnings. Wait, Frank,
2: Frank, Frank, can we just talk about why that is just for a second? Can we just break this down for a second and really call uh, what what this is? Let's just say that you and I, Frank, Frank, you and me, you're president, I'm vice president because you're a lot smarter than I am. So you're president of this company, you're chairman too. You're president and chairman of this company. I'm vice president. I'm the CFO, by the way. And you come to me, we're in a meeting. Hey. You know, not looking so good in the forecast for the next year. And I'm like, uh-huh, we got to do something. Well, why is that? Well, we got to keep the share price up and the shareholders happy. Why is that? Well, I'm a big shareholder, aren't I? That's <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure that stock stays up. I also want to keep my job. You know what? What are we going to do? Let's get a rid, of, rid of a lot of people. Wait a minute. What about their jobs? doesn't matter as long as I keep my job. Let's be honest, right? So, Frank, you're... You, you made the decision, by the way. The, you're the bad guy, too. Uh, you're gonna, laying off people, cutting back, renegotiating contracts, right? Redoing, if you can, the balance sheet of some sort, if, if there is capability of, of doing that. And basically, what you're going to do is you're going to squeeze everything for your and my benefit, aren't you?
1: Yes. I mean, look, Apple is. is- is a good example of this, right? So Apple is cutting jobs, right? They cut 60,000 jobs. So they're cutting jobs, and now what did you say earlier, right? So they raise money, Uh, through the bond market to buy back their stock. So if you're buying back your stock and you're also cutting that many employees, your earnings are going to go, your earnings are going to skyrocket, right? Not that earnings are going to skyrocket, but you're reducing the float, right? So it's automatically, it's going to be a boost. So you're reducing the
2: float and you're cutting costs. So therefore it's going to be pegged right to your earnings. And Frank, can you explain one more time to people? I think it's really important to understand that a lot of people don't get, and it's this. uh, When they see that, Companies are laying off, you know, company ABC is laying off uh, employees. They immediately say, oh man, that's a problem. V- very similar to if they see a company with a high short interest, they're like, oh, that company really, people want to short. There's no way that stock's going up, right? Can you explain the other side of both those arguments or discussions?
1: Yeah, so, so, I mean, starting with, I mean, you can start with the short if you want. When you see a high short ratio, one is that you're able to see that a, a lot. And in today's market where you can get a message out, whatever you want, you can get a, a negative message out, a positive message out to whoever you want, especially with short sellers. You could say whatever you want. Listen, I'm short, I'm kind of come out tomorrow with the biggest short ever. They load up on a position and come out on it and, and short, they'll make money off it. And, and they have disclaimers that they could sell it right away. It's unbelievable. You can't do it on the long side. You can do it on the short side. But when you see that, all you need is one little positive thing to trigger an event to make that stock go higher. And if it goes 5% higher, you're going to see people cover. Then when they cover, they have to buy back the stock. It's going to push the stock up even further. That's what you see. So many people have short this market over the past few weeks. A lot of these names, when they mm-hmm. reported, you're seeing, you know, they're up 10% if they report after the close and the next day you'll see they open up 30% higher because that, that's the shorts covering,
0: right? That's just right running right. the
1: cover and say, we got to get out of this yeah. position and in mm-hmm. order to get out of this position, you have to buy it. Now, when it comes to uh, the, the earnings part is these companies will lay off employees and they'll take a charge, but that charge amazingly is not, incl- so they'll report earnings and they'll say they're expecting a dollar earnings. Right. And say they laid off that quarter. So dollar earnings, they'll come in at 50 cents in earnings, you're like, wow, they missed, but that includes like a, a charge, a certain charge or write down, whatever, because when you lay off employees, you have to pay them, you know, upfront based on how many years they work in severance packages, right? So they'll take a charge, but they say, minus that charge, those earnings are $1.10 and this company beat by 10 cents, right? So once that charge is gone, it's gone. So now you're looking at these earnings going higher because you're not paying your employees as much. And then you're buying back the stock. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can look at so many – companies. Nike's the best at manipulating their earnings. I think there was like four quarters in a row they would have missed earnings if they didn't buy back their stock uh, and, and manipulate their earnings. And, and people like, they blew out the numbers. They're great. They didn't <laughs> blow out the numbers. It was just different things that they were doing, which is incredible, even though they saw a massive decline in China, which is their biggest growth market. Uh so when you're looking at earnings and saying there's no way earnings are going to be that high I've made that mistake I'm not saying like I'm a I just I underestimate earnings all the time and it's the biggest mistake you can make it's a fool's error you're just going to cuz the companies know how to manipulate their earnings just like Apple's doing right now Apple's laying off employees and they're buying back their stock. So their earnings are gonna be very, very strong going forward, and that's what people look at, not to mention going into the quarter, you don't hear this. You hear upgrades, downgrades, and you hear the earnings estimates as individual investors. What you don't hear is when analysts, that number you're seeing on TV is a consensus estimate of say 35 analysts, sell-side analysts, the big shops covering Apple. So they're lowering estimates dramatically into the quarter by 15%. You don't hear that, You don't. they don't report that, right? So they have these little reports, oh, we're gonna lower estimates by 10 cents, 20 cents, 30 cents. They're coming in light, right? So that, that estimate, that consensus goes down. So, so in it other words, what 25. this is is
2: the pole vaulter that yeah. walks up to the, to, you're, you're 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 looking left the whole time. We're looking at the uh, the sprint and we're looking at the hundred yard dash. We're looking at the 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 shot put, and all of a sudden we look to our right, and that pole vaulter makes it way over the top of that, or or the 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 high jump way over the top. But we didn't notice that they lowered the bar. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, you don't notice that they lower the bar. So you know it was a it was a dollar twenty-five. Now that dollar, that's all you see. And then the company's going to take a write-down and, and say without the write-down, it's a dollar ten. So that Apple's Apple's comparison, and then they'll throw in X currency. What if the currency wasn't bad? Then it would have been even stronger. You know, <laughs> oh, it's, constant currency. Yes, it, it's just amazing how they're able to manipulate earnings. But but for me, it's looking at companies that have pricing power. Looking at insiders buying now. Insiders are buying at their biggest pace. About seven, eight weeks ago. Now they they're since, dumping
2: though. Liz Sandsor just yep. came out with a tweet yesterday yep. that showed mm-hmm. how they're dumping at record pace.
1: Yes, yes. But six weeks ago, this, this is why six weeks ago, you're seeing inside of buying at levels we haven't seen since uh, 2009, right? right? So now a lot of these things have moved incredibly high. We're saying the Nasdaq's up 20%. Some companies up 50%. Well, I have companies on portfolio that, that bounce oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. So, yeah you know some of these names hey i just made this in, in a couple months two months a month and a half and you know they, they're out of these things but let's see how this plays out but you are seeing more insider selling so the point is here a lot of talking I get to the point is i'm not aggressive as a market as i am right now however i am aggressive on certain names that i'm looking at that that just have you know just pricing power great management teams they're still dirt cheap they're still down incredibly from their highs uh, that are going to continue to do well over the next few years. Those are the names I'm looking at. And, uh, you yeah, know, those are names you can find on our news.
2: You know, news. I'm going to name this this episode. I was going to do it like the overdub, Frank's overdub. You know, we got a song, by the way. You know, and, and stay tuned for the end. If you haven't heard anything yet. Wait till the end. It's coming more. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think I'm going to um, rename the Secrets of Wall Street because I want to mention something. For all the people listening that are thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Curzio, he's nailed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, it's rigged. It's rigged. That's what you're saying, right? You're saying that, you know, that you can manipulate earnings a lot. Let me explain something. I want to say something, and I want to be very clear. For anybody that thinks this whole thing is rigged, if it is rigged and it's rigged to benefit equities and share prices to the upside, why the hell aren't you participating in it? Yes. I mean, if you do believe that, you're like, you know, I'm not going to be involved with that because I'll tell you something, it's rigged. I've heard this a hundred times, right? If not once. It's rigged. The whole thing's rigged. I'm like, "Okay, if it's rigged, if you go into a casino and you know that slot machine is rigged that you will win 10 times more on that slot machine than any other slot machine and you're like, "Nope, I'm not playing
1: it cuz it's rigged in my favor." Yeah. I mean, come on. So yeah, I think I, that- I don't know about the rigged. Listen, it's it, it's not that they're doing anything illegally. I didn't they say illegal. Account, uh you said right? manipulated. So, so you want it's
2: benefited. It's 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 Odds are, odds in favor of, how's that?
1: Yes, and it doesn't mean that it, it happens all the time. Sometimes companies just, let, like, snap or, you know, you, you remove your, your earnings guidance, which is, a, again, uncertainty is a death of stocks. It's a death of equities, right? And that's what killed the markets when the Fed didn't about face. Well, you don't have the uncertainty right now where people are like, okay, I see inflation. I think it's going higher, but maybe it doesn't. If it goes higher, the Fed's going to raise. Now we have a plan. In pl-. We didn't have a plan in November. That's why the market went down 11 to 12 weeks. Everyone was like, what the hell is going on? We do not even – the Fed had no clue. It never was that far off sides Ever that I can remember in my history, and and you saw it sort of reflect in the markets where we're overdone. I just hope they don't do the same thing and just overshoot until looking at the data. Because right now the data is showing you're seeing moderation. <laughs> Let's not have,
2: listen. What do you grade them on a scale from uh, A to F?
1: How do you grade this group of Fed officials? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's easy to grade them as as an F. What what I like? Look, if you ask anyone that question, took a poll, 100% would say F, right? So so for me, I look at it as. I don't care what you did in the past. Okay. That means nothing to me as an investor. What it means to investors right now, as a president, and what I think is going to happen in the future. And right now, they have it right. They're getting ahead of it. They're doing the right thing. I just don't want them to overshoot. They understand the risks of inflation. They did not understand that for 24 months going into this, telling us it was going to be transitory. And they really believed that and they were wrong. They're wrong because they're looking at data and models from past years and decades that don't make sense when you throw $11 trillion, fifty percent of GDP, into <laughs> no the freaking market. Right, right. And you didn't give it to the banks like 2009 <laughs> where the banks held it and decided- well, what That was they
2: $700 million dollars for God's this is,
1: sakes. I mean, people are getting checks that don't even need It Was it a billion or a million? No, seven- What was the what was the bailout? The bailout was- It turned out to be $480 million in total. It was, 700, <laughs> uh, it was Can 700- Can you imagine- can you imagine Think the – Think about – and we were going Ugh. crazy over that, and now we spent $11 trillion, right? Well, was- and all, the biggest mistake was that I, – I get it. You shut down all businesses, the pandemic. Nobody knew that to a full extent, whatever, right? I get it. So you didn't want to destroy the whole economy. You started printing money. The problem is in 2021, all the vaccines – January, right? The vaccines yeah. were available. You saw earnings go back to record highs. You saw used real- – Car prices are going to record highs, home prices are all asset prices surged. Well, they recognized. blamed it on so many
2: things. They blamed it on everything.
1: And since then, we're talking about January 21. They through that year, 2021, they they, they spent another 4 trillion. They pushed into the markets. Right. That's where the problem was. Yeah. Where, where they just were like, hey, right, we're okay. Let's keep it. They're still spending now. There's no consequences to politicians spending. If you and I spend too much on our business and it doesn't work out, you know, we lose our jobs, we hurt our shareholders, or whatever. But you know, these guys, there's no consequences. right? They're passing another spending bill right now. Think about that for a minute. Same. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, they're passing another spending bill. Think about that. How four hundred and
2: fifty billion, billion dollars. And they
1: don't care because there's no consequences. It doesn't Same. come out of their pocket. They don't right. care. Right.
2: Crazy. crazy. It is. Anyway. All right, let's move on to a couple of things. Let's let's uh, let's take a journey over to Cryptoville, shall we? Cool. So one of the things about that happened, and, and and this has happened many times. You and I have talked about this back in the days when we saw all the various Ponzi schemes, right? The one out of Antigua that we identified, of course, the 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 most famous ones uh, of the past where we had Madoff. And um, you look at just all the different ones, the smaller ones, bigger ones, all these. right? What do they all have in common? They have in common leverage. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Leverage has been a situation where we saw, uh, what's his face, the... Oh, what was the Asian guy? He just, you know, he was... ah. Recently, recently. Well, he, he blew up his fund. Who? Long term credit. No, no, the guy recently blew up his fund. The, the what, guy. Three
1: arrows you're talking about? No, three That's hours too. That was a crypto.
2: I was thinking non crypto. Anyway, yes, but let's talk about this. It's all the same discussion. Crypto was fine. Everybody was happy pappy. Things are going along. Big discussion. Is it a store of value? Is it an investment? Is it the currency? Is it blah, blah? And then you had to get the, 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 the smarty pants in there doing massive amounts of leverage, right? Mm-hmm. And they create these products that like, hey, ah, no risk, come on over. Drop your Bitcoin in our little banking out here and we'll give you 15%. Well, that yeah. sounds reasonable to me, Frank. How much of that did you do, Frank?
1: None. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why is that, Frank? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of companies that did that and staking their coin. You have to realize if they're paying you a high interest that they have to be making more than that, right? Of and, course. And you know, when the market came down, that's where you're seeing the leverage. And by the way, this is all... Crypto is retail. It, like the 60,000, the move to over 6,000 is retail only. Yeah. I mean, there's no like in, major institutions. You had three hours you could say it's an institution, but it, you're not seeing the Goldman Sachs, the JP Morgan, the major, major where the trillions are at. We're not in this market. So what happens is they leveraged tremendously. And now you're seeing that leverage come out. And when I started researching this market, everything I researched, I told that everyone that 90% of this market is absolutely BS. It's bullshit. You got to be very, very careful. However, this is where all the innovation is coming from. I go to consumer tr- electronics show every single year for the past 10 years. Okay? I brought so many trends to, to my investors early on, sometimes too early. We had to wait a little bit. All the trends in technology right now are, are extensions on existing trends, like AI, you're looking at, at 5G. It's all like extensions on how to make your know, data analytics better, whatever. When you're looking at pure innovation, world changing, mm-hmm. you're looking at, at NFTs. If you look at NFTs as art, it's not art. You look at the metaverse where... $13 trillion, that's what Citigroup says it's going to be. You're looking at Goldman Sachs saying it's, it could be an $8 trillion market. Just to put that in perspective, right? And, and they're not the only firms. Even Morgan Stanley said it could be that high. Just to put that in perspective, that's a bigger total addressable market than EVs, data analytics, 5G, and cloud computing combined. That equals $5 trillion. That's the metaverse. So it's hard to define right now, but people think its it's still a ways out. You have $120 billion in the first five months of this year that has already flowed into this industry. This is an industry that we're in. We spent $5 million to the largest virtual real estate purchase. That $5 million three months ago is now, based on the latest sale, is worth about $22 million. The amount of capital, the amount of resources, you don't see a company like Facebook, which had a trillion-dollar market cap, which I've never seen a company do this. I've seen companies change their names all the time, but not when they, you're one of the biggest and the owners of the internet doing $100 billion in sales. They change your name. They're focusing on this. Yes, they're losing money, but everything that's going to be sold within the metaverse is going to be NFTs. All of this is coming out of crypto DAO, which is you know governance tokens where it's not just a board of directors. It's a, a lot of people have, you know, rights to govern. Which or bullies wants. or bullies. They could be bullies and they could do things. And that's going to be, end up being a security, by the way. There has you know, to be a DAO. They has should to be, all a be securities outside Why? of maybe five of them. They should all be securities, and that's right. we're, we're structured as a security token. So we, we trade on T zero on the symbol CURZ. We're a security token. You get an actual equity stake in our company. These companies, so many of them, they trade on the value of their utility. Meaning right. that if someone comes and buys these cryptos and say, Microsoft says, wow, I love you know, Avalanche and I'm gonna pay $70 billion for it. You get nothing if you own it. You don't own equity in it. You don't, You don't. know People don't really understand that. You don't own equity. It's the utility. It's the value of the utility. That's what the, the tokens value that. And most of these tokens, they're not generating revenue. They barely have a business model, and they don't have a lot of customers, so they have no utility function, meaning it's worthless. And these things are trading at two, well, three, four billion. Well, if Microsoft million. buys
2: it, it could be worth something, because Microsoft wants to build it. it. Could be actually benefit the coin. It could.
1: It could only if you're using that coin as right. a function. Right. Though. You understand that uh-huh. coin, it's, it's like Dave and Buster's. That when you put in money in Dave and Buster's, they give you a card. You have a card. That's currency you can use at all Dave and Buster's. Right. You have five hundred dollars on that card. You could use it wherever you want. Dave and Buster's and whatever. That it keeps track of it. If all Dave and Buster's closed. Yeah. You lose it, right. or if Dave and Buster's gets bought by another company and it's shut down, you lose that money. Right. Well, That's you lose
2: true. it, and 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 it's not it's not a viable currency of any sort afterwards, even if there is a reestablishment somehow of Dave and Buster's too, they may not
1: take that currency. Exactly. So with that said, right. So so with us, we're big believers in the metaverse. You saw it's front cover of Time magazine uh, this month, August. Right, Metaverse, I tell you it's here, it's not coming in years from now. Try to get involved, even buy a little real estate in certain places, it'll cost you a couple thousand dollars. Believe me, you'll thank me if you get the right one. Uh, it's, again, it's hard to even define right now, but retailers who are all about statistics understand that 80% of people who have been in the metaverse, 80% of them have purchased something in the metaverse. So they're all rushing to the metaverse as fast as they can to build their platforms in there. And you're seeing it. Are you doing, when you're, are you doing your metaverse stuff with a headset or just on your computer? No, forget about the headset. That's not going to work. People think that the whole three, that's cool. That's gaming. That's fine. That's Facebook. I'm talking about an open. The reason why the metaverse is so big is because you don't own any of your content. Right? You don't own anything, right? Your, your podcast could be taken off of iTunes. Our podcast could be taken off of iTunes in a second. Yeah, we were on Spotify could, last week, and I'm like, what the hell happened? It was, it was you, just a mistake. I don't know, but you could say the wrong thing on YouTube and have 5 million followers and say, I really like Donald Trump, and boom, you're gone, right? So you, Let me, let me cut think. that out. Let me cut that out of our podcast. Yeah, but, but seriously, <laughs> so – it's a major problem to the point where one of Crazy. the owners of 3 billion of the 5 billion people on the internet, right? That That's Facebook. That's how many clients they have. 3 billion to 5 billion have changed a business model. Even though they own an the internet advertising model, they're changing it because they see it coming. And it's easy to see it coming because they have AI. They've been tracking people. They know everything you're going to do tomorrow, next year, five years from now, right? They've been tracking you for, for a very long time. And th- what you have with the metaverse is just open where you own your own content through NFTs, meaning that – Say if you're in a video game like Fortnite, when you purchase skins or you purchase guns or purchase, that's it, right? That money goes to Fortnite. You can create whatever you want. Now you own it. You could sell it to somebody else. You own your content. You own your digital content. And this is the Every, web. This is
2: more of the Web three concept, this right? This is Web three. This not is not necessarily metaverse. Seeing. Not especially
1: NFT. That all wraps into Web three. Yeah, you will be forced to learn about this. You will be forced to learn about this eventually. Just like you were forced to buy cloud on your phone, right? You didn't understand it. Now everyone knows what cloud is because it's unlimited pictures. And, yes, i got to pay a little money, but it's worth it because I could take a billion videos of my little kid just, you know, you know, waving or whatever in the sunset. And we've seen all those on Facebook. Thank you, Frank. Yes, right? Everybody's got to <laughs> post and say, me, me, look at me. What I'm – like, you know, it's your family. Hang out with your family. Stop posting, right? So anyway <laughs> – but with the metaverse, that actual ownership is a very, very big deal because if you're looking at everyone that's under 16 is growing up in the digital world, millennials are now 40 years old, right? So so you, uh, uh, everything is becoming digital. So you're seeing all the major technology companies, the amount of money that's being pushed into this is the tens and hundreds of billions right now because this is where it's going. It's going yeah, to be by the and I
2: think it's time. happening. Somebody asked me the other day, hey, Andrew, you know, I want to come in and work for you. Let me do some filing for you. I'm thinking, well, filing? What is that? <laughs> You know how, what? What does that mean? You know, in the old days, you would have files, and you'd have to—I don't know—put them back in a cabinet, take them out of the cabinet, put them back in the cabinet, right? These days, it's like we don't put anything in the cabinet. There's nothing, zero. Everything is scanned, or it's electronically received, or it's you know used in some other format. But it really never—even if it is paper—it's destroyed right after it's scanned. So yeah, let I mean, me look, let me listen, talk to everybody- you, but but metaverse. Where are we talking? Are we talking about the Roblox, the Unity software?
1: Are we talking about? No. That's a lot different. Th- that's the game. That's the gaming, those, that's those, the gaming those, side. What you're seeing right now is the gaming side. The well, Unity's the build outside. So yeah, but the thirteen trillion dollars, right, that, that you're seeing in, in this market that people believe is going to be say ten trillion on average between a lot of these brokerage firms, which all came out with their massive reports. Remember, sell side reports have to justify their price target. They just mm-hmm. can't say, "Oh, it's going to go." It's thirteen trillion dollars, right? They have to justify, it. and they're saying that that's five hundred billion from gaming, which is, you know, 5% of the market only. And that's what you're going to see first. And that's why I yeah. think people are like, well, I don't see any video games. It's more than that. It's the experience and people we've learned from COVID. People need people. You need to communicate. You need to be around people. And improving that experience, which social media did initially, but decided to track everything and own, sell all of your data and make a fortune off of you. It's transitioning into this. And that's where the market is going. And people So think tell me, the- what does that mean? Let me tell me my people that are listening. They're dying to know, what do I do? So what do you do is the easiest way to participate is, one, you can follow us. And I'm not saying that as a pitch. But Oh, here we go, Frank. No, because a lot of people buy real estate. you got to buy stocks, right? Just buy a little bit of real estate in in some of these metaverses. Ours is TCG. That's going to open up this year. Uh, Anyone could create it. Like, say, if Formula One wants to create a whole racing track, they could do it and just drop it into this world because Mm. it's an open metaverse, Mm. right? You can't really do that in other places. Uh, based on where the land value is right now and it's gone up already, but based on when I look at the central land and sandbox, this is 3D 4K graphics, amazing, unbelievable experience when you get in there. They're starting to sign up a ton of people, but you know, through commercial. Frank, can I put a fishing
2: pond to stock with fish on your on your land? You could do whatever
1: you want and Hmm. be whatever you want. Um, And how are you talking? And I think people are going to get excited when they see that how easy it's going to be. But the easiest way to participate right now is just buy a little land. Put a couple hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars in it. And again, start doing your research. Doubt everything that I'm saying because I doubted it and I am like, so I put my money in my mouth, this $5 million purchase of land. So that, and I'm someone who's followed trends all my life. This one I think is going to be the greatest trend I've ever seen. Huh. And I don't say that lightly. So could I be wrong? Absolutely. But when i see the validation of the money coming in that's the validation when you, it's it's everyone can say whatever trend is here and it's coming and have forecast you could forecast it's going to be a 100 trillion dollar market when you see the billions flowing from the biggest companies in the world that's the validation that that trend is coming it's here and you need to get in and you this is one of the trends you can get in early even before uh, a lot of institutions so mm-hmm. i would be buying real estate right now sure. in, in some of these Areas. All
2: right, what else? Let's uh, bring it to, uh, to part, to part uh, this part to a close. We we talk about uh, the economy, we talked about uh, oil, commodities, we talked about inflation. The, what else we want to talk about?
1: Let, let me mention Bitcoin really quick. I want to ah. explain something to Bitcoin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you're looking at Bitcoin right now, it's $400 billion, right? About $450 billion is, is a total market cap. Fidelity just came out and said, remember, the whole, move to 60000 is retail, is retail, mm-hmm. right? So now you've seen the institutions where the customers at Fidelity, at BlackRock, they want Bitcoin. So Fidelity announced. They have 4 trillion assets, maybe a trillion, I would guess, at least in retirements, that they're going to open up that to Bitcoin where you could have a 20% allocation, which I think is crazy to do that much. But even if it's, you know, that's $200 billion, right, of that trillion. But even if it's less than that, say if it's half of that or, you know, $50 billion, $100 billion. Yeah, BlackRock, they just signed a deal with Coinbase to provide like trading, custody, service, institutional clients for Bitcoin. They have 10 trillion assets. State Street is following, Vanguard, JP Morgan, Bank of New York. These are trillion-dollar firms. If you just take a small percent of this, just 1% of the assets, if you look at 1% of the assets of BlackRock, it's $100 billion. Big numbers. Right? So you're looking at big numbers where it's almost a mathematical certainty that Bitcoin's going to more than double from here. Hmm. I don't know the time frame. It can go to $15,000 hmm. 1st But the fact that all these people are going to get access to Bitcoin and want it, you're going to see – Massive influxes of buying in Bitcoin, and it's going to go a lot higher, especially now that leverage is out. It's an asset that now went from very speculative and all over the place that you could buy right now and hold it. You should have a small allocation. Cool. What, about, to- what about Ethereum? Ethereum as well. It's the main platform. Ethereum 2.0 has just come out. The gas fees were a killer. That's going to eliminate it. That's why you're seeing it go from – it just doubled. It doubled in, in – I own Ethereum. That's my big play is Ethereum. You could play Polygon as a side, like side chain to make it easier, Avalanche, uh, Solana, those are those are the big names. But those are the good names within crypto that have utility functions that make sense That have great blockchains. A lot of this is BS. you got to avoid the BS and know who you're following the BS. But just the innovation taking place in crypto, it allows you, Andrew, someone that's covering the markets, the returns that we've seen early on, and yes, the market's gotten killed. But we've seen 40x, 30x, 20x returns where the average name in our portfolio is up 600% at one time. Mm. They fell tremendously. Right. My point is this. You can't get those gains in the stock market anymore because with time – the IPO, SPACs are basically dead. But the time these companies IPO, the IPO evaluations are 20, 30 times sales. You can make 100%, 200%. But if you're looking for speculative money, money that you could afford to lose, crypto could offer you – 10, 15 extra. Well, that's been always the case, right? Yeah, I agree. And that's the case for crypto. It's not like, oh, throw all your money in there. It should be 100% of the allocation. Absolutely not. Yeah, and nobody's talking about gold
2: and silver right now. I mean, it's just not getting any kind of bid on any kind of bad news. Pelosi going over and pissing off the Chinese, you know, uh, monkeypox, nothing. Nothing's nothing. Is is bidding up gold and silver right now? It seems if to be gold a, hasn't gone a dead, up. A bit of a dead
1: asset, but uh, over the past year, with inflation surging, but it hasn't right, been we had gone up. It hasn't gone down either. Rates right. massive negative real interest rates, right? Which is a good you know, basically, it's it's accounting for inflation and you, know, you buy gold. You're not gonna buy gold if, if rates are really high because you're gonna earn, a, you know, you could place it in treasuries, right, and earn a percentage. But with interest rates, with, with with inflation so high, that number is negative, right? So it's negative real interest rates. If gold hasn't gone up in the past 12-18 months, I have no idea when it's gonna go up. I hear you. And you talk about someone who has I, an allocation. I there. have an allocation
2: there too, gold and silver. I understand. So, uh, hey, Frank, uh, we're going to lead out this. First of all, I want to tell everybody where they can find information about you, how
1: to get your. You have something free for my people, something, something? Yeah, just go to com. We provide probably more free stuff than anyone out there. We have three podcasts that you can listen to Wall Street Unplugged on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then we have an interview on every Thursday. Uh, probably interview most of the guys that you've seen on TV over the past 20 years. Uh, very, very good interviews, 25 minutes. We let them talk, right? I and mean, that's not me talking, it's them talking. And, and, you know, the interviews go very, very well. You can go to Cursey Research to find all that stuff up, or, or just go to iTunes for Wall Street Unplugged, or our YouTube page, which is, uh, you know, Cursey Research YouTube page, which you'll see videos of me doing all this, which, you know, I don't know if you want to see my ugly face. If not, you can listen to
2: iTunes. Yeah. You know what? But when you do go there, you're going to listen to something that we have. We have another mix up. But Frank, stay, stay on as we lead we out with the, uh, with the final overdub. Yeah by yeah. Chris Wilson it's going right out
0: there it's august 3rd and i I'm Frank Courageous, the wall street and podcast where i break down the headlines and da 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 does not get old da 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 da
2: da 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 da
0: da 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 Unscripted. And Tell you what's really moving these markets. Dots, dots,
2: dots, dots. About 10 seconds, we're going to get the uh,
0: next part of this. This
2: a new order song called Blue Monday, by the way.
0: All these songs, are probably. Where we have all the orders. dots, 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 dots you what tell you, what's re- t- tell, you what's re- t- tell you what's really moving these markets mar- markets mar- market 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 tell you what's really moving these markets so that's it for us thank you so much again
1: for covering my butt <laughs> A lot of fun. Questions, comments from me at Research.com. That's frank at crazyresearch.com. And uh, I can really appreciate all the support. Glad to be back. And I need to get paid more for this. There you go, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I like the last one. <laughs> oh, I, I got to post it everywhere. People need to laugh. We'll Maybe
2: get it on over me, to you, Frankie. All right. Know. Thanks for jo- joining us today. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next week. We have some great guests coming on. We have uh, hedge fund telemetry coming on in a few weeks. We got Peter Schiff coming on the podcast next week. We have uh, all sorts of uh, names in the industry. We have some. Uh, I think uh, Russ Gerber's coming back. We're going to talk about uh, single fund ETFs, single single stock ETFs, which is kind of interesting. And I think uh, Med Faber's coming on in, in a few uh, as well. So anyway, thanks for joining me this week and every week. Go over to disciplinedinvestor.com. Check it out. I'll see you soon. Bye bye. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as the sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.